0: FOREVER! Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew.
1: And hey, everybody else. And
0: welcome to our podcast, Scary, Scary Stories to, to, tell to Tell on the, on the Pod. On the Pod. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. oh <Uh-oh. laughs> And lawsuit. Okay, great. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we go to jail and are killed.
1: You just immediately hear lawyers shouting at our apartment doors. Um, just like
0: full Les Mis starts happening in our house. <laughs>
1: Hey, everybody. Uh, it's a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky, true things that happened to you that you tell us about. But um, listen, the rumors are not true. Anna and I are not horror aficionados. Horror aficionados. Um, horror aficion- I mean, we are horror aficionados, but we're not I horror. hear he's a
0: horror aficionado.
1: <laughs> Uh, but we are two soft comedy people who kind of like being scared, but mostly regret it. And we feel like you might be those sort of people too. So here we are talking <laughs> about things like soft people.
0: It, we're, no one can tell us we're not soft. That would be insane.
1: If if anyone dared to say you're not soft, I would have I would have binders full of information to prove them wrong.
0: I would go cry in the in a dry bathtub because why? Because <laughs> I'm soft. <laughs> That's where, that's my favorite part of the bath is once all the water's gone. It's just me and the, me and the porcelain.
1: A wet bath would be too hard for a soft person. No, it's scary. I'm going to take a soft bath. (laughs) My God. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's it's a it's a mostly a comedy podcast about scary things. So um we hope that you enjoy it. I would guess that most of you have listened to episodes before. If this is your first one, what a strange time for you to start, because this is the middle of a series in which we're reading one story in particular from the scary stories tell in the dark books called The Trouble.
0: The Trouble And welcome. If you're new, stand up, raise your hand, and we're <laughs> clapping for you.
1: And we are all clapping for you. Um, so Anna, if I'm not mistaken, the last time we left the Lombardo family and uh, Detective Joseph Briggs, uh, he had brought in a bunch of experts, none of whom knew what was what. No one could figure out any issue um, except for potentially a poltergeist.
0: Yeah, the experts had had failed their asses off. They were mm-hmm. like, maybe it's like a subway. <laughs> Um, Or like a plane. And yeah. they were like, no, no, no. Bottles are flying around our room and the Virgin Mary is a bird now. Um, <laughs> she's flying. It's a lot.
1: This very much feels like any time I've gone to a minute clinic to describe a very <laughs> s- serious medical thing. And they're like, well, have you started using a new detergent? And it's like, no, my eye is out of my socket.
0: Ugh. That's great. Yeah, the last time I went to urgent care was because I had bed bug bites. And the person was like, I don't know. I can't tell you what bugs are in your house. <laughs> Actually, that's an up. that was a bad example to follow up your story. Because in this example, they were right. And I was
1: wrong. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, my, my eye has never fallen out of its socket. But anything could happen. I'm truly knocking on wood right now.
0: I am too. I hope this is wood. Because otherwise,
1: I'm I'm, my ass is... My ass is grass. Your ass Um, is
0: grass.
1: I don't know why I struggled so much to come up with that very simple saying. I was like, my ass is, someone mowed my ass. (laughs)
0: Hey, don't let your dog pee on my ass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't. Oh boy. Um, So should we jump back into this story? Yeah. All right. Tuesday, February 25th. A newspaper reporter came to the house to interview the family. Afterward, he sat in the living room by himself, hoping that something would happen that he could describe in his story. Tom's room was just across the hall from where the reporter sat. The boy had gone to bed, but he had left his door open. Suddenly, a globe of the world flew out of the darkened room and smashed into a wall. The reporter dashed into the bedroom and turned on the light. Tom was sitting in bed, blinking. If he had, as if he had just been awakened from a sound sleep. "'What was that?' he asked. Wednesday, February 26th. In the morning, a small plastic statue of the Virgin Mary rose from up from a dresser in Mr. and Mrs. Lombardo's bedroom and flew into a mirror. That night, while Tom was doing his homework, a 10-pound record player took off from the table, flew 15 feet, then crashed to the floor. Friday, February 28th. Two scientists arrived from Duke University in North Carolina.
0: That's spelled D-O-O-K to be clear. (laughs) This is the poopy school. Home of the Duke Dukies.
1: They were parapsychologists who studied experiences like those the Lombardos were having. They spent several days talking to the family and examining the house, trying to understand what was going on and what was causing it. One night... A bottle of bleach popped its top, but that was all that happened during their visit. They did not tell the Lombardos about a theory they had that a poltergeist actually might be involved in such cases. According to this idea, poltergeists were not ghosts. They were normal teenagers. They had become so troubled by a problem that their emotions built up into a kind of vibration. Since it was taking place in their unconscious minds, they didn't even know it was happening. But the vibrations somehow left their bodies and moved whatever they struck. It happened again and again until the problem had been solved. Scientists have given this strange power a name. They called it psychokinesis, the ability to move objects with mental power or mind over matter. No one knew if this could really happen or how to prove it, yet most reports of poltergeists did involve families with teenage children. And there were two teenagers in the Lombardo house. Okay, so what a twist. Two teens. Two teens.
0: It's not a ghost, it's teens. How many times has this happened to you? (laughs) You think it's a ghost and it turns out it's teens. Anna,
1: you had mentioned this a couple weeks ago that the idea that like the the preface to the story includes a thing where it's like this story might involve you. And to be a child reading this, knowing that teenagerdom is imminent, very scary. Scary ass.
0: I know. You're like, I guess things are going to start. I know. I, I also like as a very emotional problem team <laughs> um, that I was like, I'm going to ruin our lives. There's going to be ghosts everywhere. <laughs> I had every feeling about everything. And yet.
1: And yet. Did,
0: Andrew, did you ever make it be Poltergeist?
1: I never made it be Poltergeist myself. Um, I wonder if any of my brothers inadvertently made Poltergeist. Um, I think, I think that my brothers played sports and so maybe any internal psychokinetic vibrations were, um, were put out into the world there and any psychokinetic vibrations that my brain had went to me playing grandfathers in high school plays.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Mine went to like intensely reading Lord of the Rings erotica. (laughs) So I guess that's why we, we found our, our outlets and that's why maybe Tom and Nancy, they didn't, uh. They didn't get to dress up as their favorite characters from uh, Sailor Moon. I don't A fan know. Fanfic
1: did not exist back then, sadly.
0: It didn't
1: exist back then. I mean, it must because Star Trek wasn't I, even. I out. know, like uh, what? I mean, but what would you even fanfic about? Like the Lone Ranger.
0: <laughs> the Lone Ranger was tired. He took off his hat and rubbed his furrowed brow. <laughs> The Lone Ranger's friend. I don't know anything. He's got a, a horse. Did, Whatever. In name.
1: in the fanfics, in the Lord of the Rings fanfics that you um, immersed yourself in, w- was it the were the were there new characters or was this like characters that existed already in the Lord of the Rings universe?
0: So it, the real like sort of respectable fanfic was only canon. Gotcha. Um, if you introduced a new character, that was usually called a Mary Sue, <gasps> which is a derogatory term for. You just want to kiss Legolas Uh. and you're writing yourself into the story. There are so many that were like, a young girl falls into Middle Earth and is in (laughs) trouble when she needs to fuck someone. Like, that was basically the description. She's in trouble because she has to have sex with an elf, otherwise, she'll die. Yeah, she's so horny that Gollum was going to shoot everyone with a gun unless she had sex. (laughs) Like that was always, the stakes were always like, if you don't kiss, then the orcs will know we're
1: here. Oh my Um, God. Anyway. Uh, Well, this is also, I'm not sure that this, I'm not sure, I'm not a ghost expert. Um, I'm just a fan.
0: Hey, don't say that about yourself. Well, thank
1: you. Um, I'm learning. But I'm wondering if this definition of poltergeist checks out. Because I thought the whole deal with poltergeist was it, it the, the the they were just noisy ghosts that like they were different than psychokinetic people. you know what I mean?
0: right. I think it's like it's describing it in a way that's confusing mm-hmm. maybe like to get on a teens level, but it, it sort of starts off with the sort of traditional explanation to my mind where it's like a teen is so stressed out that the energy manifests and starts blooping around and becomes its own oh thing. right. It's not that the teen's do right, it. Right, right, right. It's that this thing has like blooped out of their head. I like it. the word bloop. A, like a fun new personality I'm trying <laughs> on in my 30s. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm experimenting. I'm growing. I'm <laughs> um, but yeah, this almost makes it sound like the kids are doing it not on purpose. Yeah,
1: which that's very scary.
0: What is the movie Poltergeist?
1: I mean, the it? movie What's Poltergeist their- is straight up that... Um, uh, this house is built on a graveyard and yes. that all of these confused ghosts are the th- like, there's a child there who's receptive to like beyond the veil and they are mm-hmm. drawn to that energy. And so-
0: this is why people need to not have children. That's true. They're always so receptive to what's beyond the veil. Like, I can't. Do I know. That.
1: I know. this This was a real. This is a job for Doctor Spock. The not the not the Vulcan. <laughs> the child expert.
0: He went to meds yeah.
1: <laughs> I am curious. Although I guess in Poltergeist, a child is the conduit for this thing, and in this story, a, uh, a a teenager is the conduit for this ghostly stuff. But we're just not talking about like dead bodies or the beyond in this. It's just the power of the mind.
0: Yeah, it's not from. A dead. It's from a teen. Right.
1: Yes. Um, I, I do find it very scary whenever scary things happened. When a reporter is there.
0: I, I need to talk about this reporter yeah. a lot. I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, a newspaper first of all this is a deeply 1950s thing where it's like yeah let's have every sort of solitary man (laughs) kind of come to the house and like watch our kids sleep right weird don't do this don't uh, i'm gonna measure his body just to see like by all means officer uh it truly like every you've got the experts you've got this detective who like basically lives with them. Like, I want to know what the layout of their house is like. Yes. Like he, he's just there. And then, okay. So we have to talk about the globe.
1: I know. What does it mean? What does it symbolize? Homework, everything, geography. There's nothing inherently ghostly about the globe flying out of the room because Tom is in the room. Theoretically he could have just thrown it, you know?
0: Yeah. I also have we gotten to the point yet where somebody thinks the kids are faking?
1: No, we have not.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, that's a little bit of a stay tuned. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> yeah. The the idea of like a dark child's room and then a globe flies yeah, out of it scares me. That is me. Very scary, especially at the wall because kids famously love and worship globes. I know. Like adults don't care about globes. Kids are deeply affected by globes. They are rocked by globes. Yes. A globe has to be spun. It has to be poked. It has to be looked at. If you're a kid, if you're an adult, you're just trying to open it to see if there's like whiskey inside. No. Why is that? Kids addicted to globe. I don't know. Uh, I think I it's because this... they don't go anywhere.
1: I think you're right. I also think the idea of a sphere in my room was just huge for me.
0: Yeah. Well, it was like, I, I don't have a car. Mm-hmm. I don't have a a wife. <laughs> so I think, but I
1: have the whole world. I know. I think also textured yeah. globes, where it's like, this, I mean, if I was a giant space being, this is how a mountain range oh. would feel on my hands.
0: Oh, Andrew, were you also touching Everest all day? I was touching day? Everest. That sounded bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I really meant Everest. Um, and
1: then this is where I had a friend who had um, a globe that would go. <laughs> this is also would go deep, like the um, the Marianas <laughs> Trench was like there was like a little hole in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am electrified by this news. Also, as I'm saying adults don't care about globes, my heart is
1: racing. I do And now. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta do I have a globe? Where's my globe? It's actually <laughs> the longer
0: I think about it, the more I'm like, it's insane that I don't have a globe. <laughs> That's true. Because, like, I'm in charge of what comes into my house, and
1: <laughs> I need a globe. We're about to get 8,000 globes. Rand McNally is a huge fan of the pod. Oh my God. Check out Globe Box. They send you
0: eight glo- <laughs> globes a month. only keep the globes that you touch. <laughs> why not try Globe Box? Let me look up. Let me see how much the cheapest And globe for your is. pets. Oh my God, they're not no, cheap. No, globes are
1: very expensive. And there's no reason for any more. There's no.
0: I guess because it they, they has to be done by hand, I guess, because otherwise it would be lined up on Yeah, right?
1: I guess it's sort of like also who's buying globes except for um, schools and villains, you know? Like. They've got a up they've got up price.
0: I, the cheapest globe I've seen so far is fifty something. This yeah. is insane. Oh, wait, okay. So we have a white globe from World Market. Uh-oh. Please don't. You know what? If you don't have anything, you don't have to pitch it, okay? <laughs> it's okay to just sit there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a
1: good lesson. Oh
0: god. You got it. there's a 1499 globe from Target? No. Mm. You know what I also love and miss about globes is being in third grade and seeing one with like the Soviet union on it. I and just know. feeling smug because you're like, I know something that this globe doesn't. <laughs> right? This globe is. Dumb. I
1: know. And th- just like that was in my, um in my elementary school, we had an old, old map. They just had not replaced our map and the USSR was still on there and it would torture our teacher. Cause we'd be like, what, what is that? And it should be like, it doesn't exist anymore. Everyone, please. And the kids, it was like, it was as though someone had turned the lights off in the classroom. We would go <laughs> wild over the fact that, there was a country that didn't exist anymore.
0: Everyone shut up. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So this $15 globe from target has 4.1 average review out of 193 ratings. Uh-huh. Um, a five star review says I love globes and this one has perfect stylish colors to match my home office. Okay, brag. Um, okay, great. And then another five star, it says it goes with anything. Um, and then there's a one star review where the subject is why. And the entire review is just one sentence. I got an upside down earth. <gasps> and then in the picture, indeed, it's upside down. I, it also looks too big. It looks like the continents take up the whole I thing. I don't
1: like that. I like knowing that the ocean's big. I don't big. like it either. Yeah.
0: You gotta show me the ocean.
1: Um, please. oh, and then, okay. <laughs> sorry, a bunch of people got upside down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wonder how many people that tricks. They're like, wow, this whole time I didn't know. We've been upside down this whole time.
0: <laughs> There's a whole chunk of Alaska missing. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so then we get the two scientists from Duke University, which I love them being like yes. in North Carolina, <laughs> to be clear. They, they
0: they took a road trip.
1: And they are parapsychologists, which frankly, Anna, you and I also are parapsychologists.
0: We are a parapsychologist. Hey.
1: Um, and they're, so they're the ones who introduced this new idea of a poltergeist being a teen, which if I was an Italian Catholic family living just outside New York and these, these Duke parapsychologists from the South were coming, I'd be like, get out of my house. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're selling. I don't want it.
0: Honestly, I guess like a, somebody from like. A university from the south telling me that my good Catholic children are ghosts. I think I'd believe it more from them than from anyone. Oh, interesting. But I I guess I forgot that they are um, that they were parapsychologists. I
1: had my um, the surgeon who did the surgeries on my feet, whose name was Doctor Bowen. uh, He really sounded like Foghorn Leghorn, and it was a thing (laughs) that my family had to. Ask him to repeat stuff several times. Not not because we couldn't understand what he was saying, but because we had been so charmed by the accent the first time that we were not listening to him. Be like, there's a very significant risk that it, like, like it was just. Oh my god! We were always like, oh. Of course,
0: they were too charmed. They were like, sorry, which what? <laughs> he, he was
1: foghorn lighthorn. I should be clear. Um, Thank God! Very talented chicken. Uh so. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the phrase, i very down to chicken. <laughs> Oh, I completely skipped over the fact that a Virgin Mary rose up from a, dress- a dresser and flew into a mirror. Hugely scary. Again, religious icons being under the thrall oh. of otherworldly entities. Very scary. I
0: love it. Also, it made me aware that, like, there's no mirrors in church, really.
1: <gasps> wow, you're
0: right. And, like, somehow mirrors feel sort of satanic yeah. and, like, of the other world. And the Mary flying into it is like spooky ass. It's you know?
1: true. Mirrors are very scary. It's, it's because like, we're not supposed to see ourselves that clearly. You know what I mean? You're not, you're supposed to be like, I think I'm a person. <laughs> and also and it messes it. with me so much to think that I'm, I'm not seeing myself as I uh, appear to other people. I'm seeing a reverse of myself, you know? Ooh. Like, that's like hard. I, that's how I always feel. It's like when I, when, when there's like a selfie taken of me or something and I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's not how I look. I'm like, no, that is. It's just switched because the only time I ever see myself is in a mirror. Bless you. Oh, thank you. Um, I don't know if that's right. Are there any mirror scientists who listen to the podcast? Let us know.
0: Please, let us know if you are a mirror, too.
1: <laughs> Some sort of ghastly sorceress from the 16th century who's been trapped in a mirror this whole time. <laughs> right in. Um, so okay. So we we get this idea that um, it it could very likely be a poltergeist, and that a poltergeist is a teen who has unknowingly run buck and that there are two teens in the Lombardo family.
0: There's two teens, and that's double the ghost.
1: Double the teen, double the ghost, and if it's two Italian teens, watch out.
0: I mean, mamma mia,
1: um, this is wild. I'm, I'm very, you know, it's funny. I, I felt like I was very familiar with this story. Um, but I am surprising myself in reading this. Like, it's very exciting to revisit.
0: I am too. Yeah. Especially now that I'm not a teen, Mm -hmm. I'm like a little bit reading it from more the parents or the detective perspective. And it's scary. It's very
1: scary. I, and this and next week will be our last installment of this story and we'll maybe get some sort of closure or maybe no closure at all you never know with these with these stories
0: you never know maybe at the end it'll what if it was the longest uh yelling at the end story <laughs> that's true parentheses now grab a friend next to you and say and then it's a page and a half yeah you <laughs>
1: ate my face yeah But that's, but then it follows with a long explanation of like the Poltergeist relationship to faces. Yeah.
0: How buses work in this town.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A jump scare that's just a 30 second description of a bus route.
0: (laughs) Who knows? We don't know. And neither do you unless you stay tuned next week. We really don't. For the end of the Um, trouble.
1: Anna, did anything spooky happen to you this week?
0: Um something spooky did happen to me this week. Um I had a very split moment where I thought I was losing my mind and uh Jason and I did a a staycation Aww. at um a hotel near us uh, for Valentine's Day cuz we are devoutly religious and celebrated, <laughs> um, in honor of the Christian martyr and <laughs> Just gouged each other's (laughs) eyes out. But we watched Titanic, which I haven't seen in a very long time. And there's scary moments in Titanic, you guys. Yeah. That when Rose is by herself in the hallway and the lights start to flicker Mm -hmm. off and she's just looking back and forth. Yep. That's scary ass. The shot of the woman's body floating um, in the flooded, like grand staircase room and you just see the light from the, the window above uh. her. That's scary. When Eon Grufford yep. and the other savior guys from the boat are paddling through the dead bodies in the water and they grab someone by the life vest and pull them up. And it's just a woman with like ghost yes. eyes. That's scary. Rose grabbing the whistle from the dead guy's mouth and that. blowing dead it. Dead lips. You're, you're blowing scary. on
1: something that a dead person blew on
0: yeah and you know what, and you're creepy. <laughs> and now like, you we'll save you, but we won't be friends with
1: you <laughs> oh yeah, it is I, I do remember seeing i i famously um it's the, like the most important movie for Chris and his whole life um and I had not seen it entirely until a couple years ago when we watched it on his birthday, but I remember seeing a scene from it on t n t in like nineteen ninety nine and, um, and yeah, the floating frozen bodies, very scary, very sad and tragic.
0: You know, it's sad. It's also when things are sad and scary, it makes me scarier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Cause you can't even fall back on the silliness of being scared because it's just a sad tragedy, you know? Yes. Um, oh, that's good. That is also, yeah. um, big things floating in water. Very scary.
0: Very scary. I, I almost want to watch it again immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, it... It also... It's weird. The movie changes genre halfway oh, through. It's very distinctly. strange. It's, like, a romance movie that becomes an action yeah. movie. And I was like, oh, this is why it was such a major hit. Because, And like, as a girl watching it, I was like, why do they have to do the second part? I hate <laughs> that part. And I realized, like, this is, like, to make men. <laughs> like, yeah, and they all drown Because they, they, like, uh... They, like, weren't hoop skirts and... Uh,
1: yeah, it was... It was to make dad's name Ken leave and say, actually, I I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Also, like Jason and I are enough like LA film douches that like we're both on the verge of tears watching it going like this is a really effective shot. (laughs) (laughs) It's really uh economic what the language did there. (laughs) It's a really effective scene.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Anna. That that speaks Um. that speaks to um a large a large portion of the L.A. crowd for sure. <laughs> um,
0: what about you, Andrew? Did you experience anything special this week? I
1: did. Okay. What happened? So our across-the-street neighbors got a dog. Um, the dog oh. is, uh, I would say, a nervous dog. Um, makes okay. some strange noises. But um, I was used to the dog barking in one certain way. But as apparently is the case, some dogs get older and grow and their voices change. That I did not know. um and i i was i was putting out a package to be picked up um uh on our doorstep and i have to put like a sign that's like please don't steal this like it was it was a gift for one of my nieces it was like i was like don't steal this it's literally a puzzle for a baby and um i was peeling the tape to uh to tape the sign up and as i was peeling the tape I heard this very weird noise that just sounded like a man going uh, like just like that. And it was it was like in the hallway. I could not tell where it was coming from. And I was like, oh, my God. And I closed the door again and I locked it. And then when I went out to go check on the package to see if it had been picked up, I once again heard the noise and I realized oh, it was just no. the dog growling across, but it sounded so much like a man making and something. Ab- across yes, the hall from me? But something about the like, um, I was about to say stereophonics. I don't know if that's a word or if that applies to this. The acoustics. The acoustics, exactly. Something about the acoustics in the hallway made it bounce in a way where it seemed to be coming from everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> and it was very scary to me.
0: No. Oh my God. But when Don. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I think your building just has weird it acoustics has. because it always sounds like there's a ghost in every part of the Yeah,
1: our our friend Emily says that our building eats sound, which is very true and that scares me.
0: Oh, yeah, your parking garage is oh, very weird sound. Uh, it,
1: too. Uh, ghastly. But um the the funny thing is like a nice button to this is that also because the dog's voice is changing sometimes as it's barking, I hear it's like voice crack and that's very funny to me. Oh,
0: no. Can you do a little bit of an impression? Uh,
1: Yeah, I'll try. And it does a very funny thing, which makes me laugh, which is like, it'll be like, it'll be like, like it clears its throat. (laughs) It really does. Like, I can hear the dog being embarrassed, which is very funny. But hey, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode. Again, we'll bring this to a close uh, next Monday. I can't wait. And um, what else? Oh, one more thing. Get out.
0: Forever.
1: This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original
0: theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley.
1: To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.